the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you in the past, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, my life's observation, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation, and transfer of wealth within families and communities, including tribal communities, and the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Yes, I said bankruptcy law because ultimately bankruptcy law is all about the money Money, money, money. And I also practice the related fields in my overall financial practice, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference points, because I transition off of them into other areas, but they're my reference points as they relate to the personal, familial, community, and small business aspects of finance. That says I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the economic empowerment, the economic independence, and the economic autonomy of women and people in communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because, as I shared with you in the past, I grew up as a military brat and also helped create another one with my former military spouse, I have firsthand knowledge of just how hard it can be, sometimes financially and economically, for our citizens, soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines, and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capital-based economic system, especially after these individuals and their families separate from the service. As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And I love to tell you about my grandmas. They were my best buds growing up well into my adulthood. And out of my great love and respect for these women who I say uh, learned to 
survived the four great economic challenges of the past century, that is to say the Great Depression, the privations of World War II, and unfortunately the systemic racism and misogyny that continues through into our society today. It is out of my great respect for these women who loved me and helped raise me and shared with me the stories of their grandparents who loved and raised them in the post uh, reconstruction Jim Crow South. Um, again, I feel an obligation to give back to these women in their memory as such. I'd love to help if I'm able to, if the situation is right. I love to help at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors and those who are disabled uh, because more and more of them find themselves, unfortunately, the victims of uh, the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse that you can ever imagine. And even if they're not victims, I like to help them think about what they want as their legacy, and I'm happy to help them come up with estate plans and such. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law, in case you haven't guessed it, is to discuss the law as it relates to your money. And unfortunately, more and more in these inflationary times, the lack thereof, and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect or reclaim or rehabilitate your families and or your businesses, financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening education form. Now, however, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational form for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you to begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully to provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that you need to consider to help you find the qualified professional help I believe you really need to have if you have a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your assets and or your debt. So, Today, we'll continue the subject that we broached last week. That is to say, how do we gain a better understanding of the current state of our economy, how it works, how we got here, and when we can hope to move on? Now, to start our discussion, last week, I I researched at a very high level the work of three economics experts, one from media, the Wall Street Journal, and one of their market reporters, Dion Rabowin, one from the nonprofit community, Josh Bevin, PhD, and also the research director for the Nonprofit Economic Policy Institute, or EPI, and also Steve Ratner, who leads the for-profit investment advisors firm, Willett Advisors, LLC, who manages former Governor Mike Bloomberg's personal and philanthropic assets. 
And he's also an economic analyst for uh, Microsoft NBC's Morning Joe talk show, where he uses these pretty color-coordinated charts and graphs that jump right out at you to make his points. Now, according to all three of these gentlemen, we're not currently in a recession because we have such a strong labor market, which only appears to have gotten even stronger with the release of the most recent U.S. job data report for July 2022, showing a huge and unexpected 525,000 increase in the number of Americans who are now employed. Now, but the continuation of the global inflation caused by the war in Ukraine that has cut off most of the world's access to less expensive oil and gas from Russia and grains from the food products that are produced by both Ukraine and Russia, coupled with China's inability to control the coronavirus due to what appears to me at least to be its political leadership hypo macho refusal to accept COVID-19 vaccines from the rest of the world in favor of its homegrown version known as Sinovac. Now, for those of you in the know, you know Sino stands for China, so Chinavac, which as reported in the April 19, 2022 edition of The Economist, which you can find at theeconomist.com, when comparing China's Sinovac with the German Binotech mRNA vaccine, The Economist says the need for three doses for similar protection has large implications for China, including having to have had to lock down uh, its economy through, and throughout its entire society to help curb the transmission of the virus with the attendant disruptions that have resulted in a huge human and economic cost, not only for China, but also for the rest of the world, because we in the West are so dependent on the subcomponents that China manufactures when its factories are open. These subcomponents that the rest of the world needs to produce everything from cars to cell phones and everything in between that needs a computer chip to operate. And as a direct result of China's inaction in curbing uh, the coronavirus within its borders, that has put a big kibosh on the worldwide component supply chain, along with Russia's undertaking of its direct military action against um, uh, countries in Eastern Europe in order for it to obtain Liebenstrom. Now, for those of you who don't sprech in Deutsch, Liebenstrom um, is the word in German for living space. And it's a German concept which consists of policies and practices of settler colonization, which proliferated in Germany in the late 1800s and was a part of uh, World War II in the 1940s. Now, uh, because um, Russia is trying to emulate Lebensstrom, um in Eastern Europe, and each 
of these, the fact that, you know, China's not got its COVID-19 its COVID under control and Russia is engaging in Liebenstrom, these are matters over which the United States has no control. However, we in the United States are dealing with inflated prices of almost everything, and as a result, we may face an, a recession. However, it looks like our Congress is finally getting off its big fat ass and starting passing legislation that may help us keep a recession at bay, at least for a while, as our diplomatic corps and our strategic military alliances with NATO and the G7 attempt to help Russia and China see the light. I am, of course, referring to the Chips and Science Act of 2022 that passed the House last week. Uh, but, you know, before I geek out on that discussion, let's level set on what economic forces are at play today. As we've already understand and had a discussion about inflation, now we're going to turn to the R word, recession. So when we come back, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the meaning of that economic term, that is to say recession. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we dig a bit deeper into the meaning of the economic term recession. Now, please know that my goal is not to dwell on a depressing subject, but instead make sure we all have sufficient knowledge and to have a significant knowledge base to be able to not only identify a recession and when we're in one, but also, and more importantly, develop a plan for how we and our families and our small businesses can survive and maybe even thrive while we're in the midst of one. So what is a recession? Well, according to Investopedia, found at investopedia.com, a recession is a significant, widespread, and prolonged downturn in economic activity. Because recessions often last six months or more, one popular rule of thumb is that uh, showing itself, I consider to be not very helpful today, it's that you're in a recession if you surpass two consecutive quarters of decline in a country's gross domestic product. That then purportedly constitutes a recession. So gross domestic product is the total monetary or market value of all the finished goods and services produced within a country's border during a specific time period. As a broad measure of overall domestic production, it functions as a comprehensive scorecard of a given country's economic health. That's what GDP is. Now, getting back to this rule of thumb about two consecutive quarters, I don't find that to be very helpful today because the first two quarters of 2022, we've had declines in gross domestic product, but because of our very strong job market and it being so robust, not robust, not many economists, if any at all, think we're currently in a recession. 
Now, economists, including those at the National Bureau of Economic Research, which dates United States business cycles, define a recession as an economic contraction starting at the peak of the expansion that preceded the contraction and ending at the low point of the ensuing downturn. Now, recessions typically produce declines in economic output, consumer demand, and employment. The National Bureau of Economic Research considers indications including payrolls, non-farm payrolls, industrial production, and retail sales, among others, in designating the start and end points of recessions in the United States. And they do that usually after the peak or the apex of the production of goods and services through the trough, which is the lowest point of the business cycle. So in essence, the the NBER is made up of a group of economists who analyze our country's key economic indicators in order to be able to map out on a retroactive basis and then date the beginning and ending of each business cycle. So again, a business cycle begins at the low point or the bottom of the preceding recession and is called the expansion leg of the business cycle. The expansion leg ends at its peak and is marked by a turning point that begins the downslope in the economy, also known as the contraction or recessionary leg of the business cycle. And when it hits the lowest point, it makes another turning point and it goes back up, ending the decline and starting a new expansion cycle. Now, according to its website located at nbr.org, the National Bureau of Economic Research is a private, nonprofit, nonpartisan research organization made up of a network of hundreds of the nation's leading um, scholars in economics and business who focus on four areas of research. They're looking to develop new statistical measures of the economy. They're looking to for new ways of estimating the quantitative models of economic behavior of society. They're also interested in assessing the effect of public policy on the United States economy. And they also want to project the effect of public policy proposals on the economy. Now, the aim of all this eggheadedness, as I call it, is to produce a greater understanding of how the economy works and to facilitate the dissemination of all this great economic research out to the public, especially to public policymakers, business professionals, so they can manage their business, and the academic community so they can train wannabe eggheads like me to know about the economy. Now, you should know that the MBER board and its associated, affiliated researchers have been awarded Nobel prizes in economics 38 times. So these guys got it going on. 
I'm taking the time again to go through all of this so you won't have to speculate or guess if you're in in a recession. And it it won't be because of somebody like me saying that we're in a recession or somebody on the news saying we're in a recession. It will be because these eggheads who know what they're doing, they will tell us that we are in a, they, won't, they won't tell us that we are in a recession because a recession is only determined after the fact. It's kind of like you get pregnant and you might not know you're pregnant, but you will know you're pregnant a few months hence. So it's retrospective. They analyze all of this data and then they map it out and then they plot it out and then they're able to share with us what they've learned about a recession. So the MBER's Business Cycle Dating Committee is the one that's used to determine whether or not there's a recession. The chronology identifies the dates of the peaks and troughs that frame uh, economic recessions and expansions. A recession is a period, like I said, between the peak of one um, uh, height in economic activity and the subsequent trough or lowest point. Between the troughs and the peaks, that's the expansion period. Expansion, you should know, is the normal state of our economy. It's growing. And you should also know that most recessions are brief. However, the time it takes for the economy to return to the previous peak level of activity or its previous trend may be quite extended. There have been um, um, uh, recessions that have lasted many, many months, and then there have been recessions that have lasted only a couple of months. The most recent um, uh, peak occurred on February in February 2020, and the most recent trough occurred in April of 2020. Now, the the MBER definition emphasizes that a recession involves a significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the entire economy, and it lasts more than just a handful of months. In its interpretation of this definition, it treats three criteria. It looks at the depth of the reception, the diffusion of it, and the duration. And sometimes those terms are used interchangeably. That is to say, while each criteria needs to be met individually to some degree, extreme conditions revealed by one criteria may offset a weaker criteria. For example, in the case of the February 2020 peak in economic activity, the committee concluded that the subsequent drop in activity had been so great and so wildly diffused throughout the entire economy that even though it was quite brief, it was nonetheless a substantial down uh, downcast that should have been and was classified as a recession. Now, because of recession must um, influence the economy broadly and not be confined to one particular segment, the committee emphasizes economic-wide measures of economic activity. The determination of months of the peaks through the troughs is based on a range of monthly figures that are put together on an aggregate basis 
that are published by our federal government agencies. And so these include real personal income, less transfers, non-farm payrolls, employment as measured by household surveys, real personal consumption expenditures, wholesale retail sales adjusted for price changes, and industrial production. There is no fixed rule about what measures contribute information to the process or how they are weighed in their decisions. In a recent decade, the two most measures that have put the most weight are real personal incomes, less transfers, and payrolls. Now, so I I want to emphasize that. Payrolls, people making money, putting money into their household accounts, managing their businesses, that, in my observation, seems to be the area that's weighted the most. Now, the committee's approach to determine the dates and turning points is always retrospective, as I said. We don't know that we're pregnant when we become pregnant until we go take a test. And that's kind of sort of what um, uh, the uh, in the analysis that the Bureau uses to determine if we're in a recession. So we will not know that we were in a recession until this one uh, comes to an end. So the next time we get together, we'll discuss what I consider to be the most important part of this economics discussion. And that is, what are we going to do to prepare for uh, a recession? Because as you can see, recessions happen quite frequently and they're part of the business cycle. But we're going to leave it there for now. But always in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, uh, especially the law that concerns our economics and finances that keep our families and small businesses afloat. So till next time, please take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.